Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 90, which begins with Max putting the finishing touches on his timed explosion, and it ends with Max just driving away. And we are joined for the last time this week by Mr. Alex Robinson from the Star Wars Minute. Buenos dias, everyone. It's me, Alex Robinson. So we, so we have finally reached the hour and a half mark. For this movie. And I, I find that the, the 30, 60, and 90 minute marks are kind of like mini milestones. Because I feel like, for one, 90 minutes is kind of like bare minimum for feature length. <laughs> and we are just barely sneaking into that stipulation as far as run times are concerned. I'm sure the, the network televisions stations love a 90 minute movie. Because then you can pour in as many commercials as you want. <laughs> To fill in that extra half hour. Mm -hmm. It's terribly convenient for them. I like this scene that we've been talking about for the last few minutes. It's the climax of the movie. And it kind of sneaks in. You don't, like, I didn't really realize, going minute by minute, that in minute 91, the movie ends. We're done. So this is it. This is the climax. This is where... We set up everything, we solidify everything we know about Max, and we move forward with that information. Mm-hmm. I think it's not your typical movie climax. There's not, well, there, there's not a big, exciting buildup to it. There is a buildup to it, but I think it's kind of, it's quick. Mm-hmm. And we're in it. Before you even realize we're in it, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's definitely atypical because you get Max taking out Toe Cutter, you get Max taking out Johnny, and then it's just a shot of an open road as the movie fades away. There's no last-minute establishing shots of, okay, this is what this person is doing, this is what this person is doing. There's no real wrap-up. It's left wide open. Yes. And, of course, if you want to leave yourself open to have a series of movies, that's exactly the way you do it, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, speaking of leaving things open, Max has been ingenious enough to use a piece of tape that he found probably in the back of the ute to tape the lighter into its open position so the flame is just there flickering. And in the first couple seconds of this minute, we see Max has set up a little reservoir for gasoline to collect in. He's set up a little trough for the gasoline to flow through. And then he's putting the lighter at the end of this little trough and as he's doing these things in the background we can still hear johnny because of course we can and he's screaming about how max just he can't do that he can't kill him not for stealing a man's boots he was dead already so why shouldn't he let him have the boots and i'm like come on johnny don't don't be kidding me here you know this isn't about the boots yeah he's already made it clear that he knows it's not about the boots yeah he's already made it clear that He's already said things like, um, you know, those were bad people doing bad things. Um, it wasn't my fault. I'm sick. Yeah. So he he knows why Max is doing this. and But those arguments didn't work. So he just, he's trying something else. 
Yeah, I mean, not he's that it does him. Man. Exactly. It right. doesn't he'll really say, do him any good. He'll say anything right now. Yeah. So so Max sets up his little Rube Goldberg setup, and I've got to say, I appreciate the simplicity of it, but at the same time, I would not have said no if we had gotten a more complicated series of, you know, maybe he's got a, a ball and then the ball rolls along a track and it knocks up against a <laughs> hammer, which is attached to a string. And as the hammer breaks a glass, it pulls the string and then like a, a hamster comes out of a cage and the hamster eats a salad and then it like lightens up. You know, it's just some sort of some sort of thing that you can just play uh, that old Looney Tunes thing. Um, powerhouse. Just play that as it's unfolding and just... Having the shocked and horrified expression of Johnny as he's watching all of this progress. I'm I'm probably a little twisted for wanting that type of thing to happen. <laughs> but I just feel like it would be funny. <laughs> you want a more complicated setup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim Burns does a great horrified face. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think he would have done well in a scene like that. Certainly. So... Max has set up his little timed explosion thing and he pulls himself to his feet with great effort and he walks around to Johnny again and in his hand he has a hacksaw. And so he's been a man of few words up to this point but as he looks down at Johnny he says, The chain in those handcuffs is high tensile steel. It'd take you ten minutes to hack through it with this. Now if you're lucky you could hack through your ankle in five minutes. And then he says, Go. And he drops the hacksaw on the ground next to Johnny. And it's so awesome. <laughs> I, well, I think it's less awesome than you think it is. I just, faced with the idea of hacking off your own foot, just really, like, I find it very, very disturbing. Mm. Like, the, the idea of inflicting that kind of pain and damage to your own body, that is, well, Johnny is a psychopath, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's quite something. It's kind of like something you'd see in a Saw movie. Yeah. Rick said, making an obvious transition. Uh-huh. So there's an article from Film Journal International called The Wild Untold Story of Ozploitation. And there's one segment where Saw creators James Wan and Lee Wannell confide that without Mad Max, there would be no Jigsaw franchise. The first movie's signature sequence was inspired by a scene in which Mel Gibson's Max chains a cycle savage to an out-about-to-explode RV, hands him a saw, and tells him to try and cut the chain and die, or cut off his foot and live. So that whole first Saw movie was inspired by these minutes here. Hmm. Okay, so we have Max to thank. Yeah. Alex, what were you going to say? Well, a couple of things. I question Max's... Uh, the fact that it would take five minutes to cut through your ankle. That does seem awfully fast. Oh, I was going to say it seems awfully slow. (laughs) Really? Oh, okay. (laughs) But then again, I also wonder how he knows this. If this is something in his job in law enforcement, he has figured out this formula. Uh, I also think it's a bit of a cheat because even if he does cut off his foot, like he is now gushing blood with no foot in the middle of nowhere. Like, like what's he's still probably going to die even in that case yeah and i the the trap that max has set is it gonna take five minutes for that headlight to overflow and gasoline to flow into the lighter i don't think it is i think he he set up a no win situation he wants johnny the boy to burn to death after trying to cut his foot off after trying to cut his foot off (laughs) 
I don't think there's any way that Johnny's not going to burn to death. Right. Or live, period. Because you're right. Even if he did manage to cut his foot off and get far enough away from an exploding truck, then he's still going to die. Yeah, because that foot is the one that he uses to operate the rear brake on his motorcycle. So while he'd still be able to shift using his left foot, which would not be cut off, the inability to use your rear brake would be a little tricky. Oh, I don't know. People who shouldn't have been able to ride motorcycles or drive cars have been able to do so in this movie. So That's true. I, I, what? I, yeah, my thing is just more like, how is he going to stop from bleeding to death? <laughs> Not so much, how is he going to operate his motorcycle okay. as like... like <laughs> That's that's definitely a major difference between Julia and I. Mm. I think about how is he going to ride the motorcycle. You and Julia are thinking how is he going to stop the bleeding. I just just assume he would take that scarf that he always wears mm-hmm. and try and, and do like some sort of maybe the fire would cauterize it. <laughs> so as he's hobbling away without a foot, the explosion would happen and the heat could just cauterize the well he would have there. to hold his foot up like like he was roasting a marshmallow he'd have to hold his stump up and yes. hope it was just close enough where it would you know, cauterize <laughs> the wound without actually burning him at all so yes well, i think if he has the fortitude to cut off his own foot he has mm-hmm. the fortitude to hold it up to a flame to cauterize it mm. yeah, otherwise just let the explosion kill you yeah i do like the fact that max gives johnny an, a, the opportunity to go out on johnny's own terms like, not that it's how Johnny would choose to go, but Max is giving Johnny, okay, do you want to explode or do you want to bleed out? Like, I can appreciate that. I... He's giving Johnny that last bit of agency. I don't think he's giving him agency. <laughs> I think he's mentally torturing him and potentially physically torturing him. If Johnny does try and cut off his own foot, then Max is responsible for the torture of Johnny. If he doesn't, if he just lays there waiting for the truck to explode then that then it's just mental torture either way right. johnny is suffering greatly mm-hmm. let's say we were when we were at lunch earlier today we were talking about like what you would do were you to find yourself in this situation and it's morbid lunch conversation yeah it was really good lunch though um <laughs> were we having like ribs or something let's see i had a pull, pulled pork melt and julia had breakfast for lunch and it was oh, so good um Julia, do you want to go into your explanation of what you would do? I would definitely just let myself burn. You just want to go out with a bang? Yeah, I would just try and remain calm and let myself explode. There's no way that I would cut off my own foot. That's no, no, no way would I even contemplate that. He would throw me the hacksaw and be like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to explode then (laughs) because I'm not cutting off my foot. Alex, have you ever considered what you were do- you would do if you ever found yourself in this situation? Um, well, I think I think she's right. I don't think there would be enough time for you to really either cut your foot off or then survive it. Uh, but I also wouldn't want to just sit there and like possibly get slowly burned. To, you know, like just because this gas blows up doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die instantly. And mm. you know, you can yeah, totally it- pull an Anakin Skywalker and be laying there in flames and. <laughs> And so on. So I think I would probably just use the saw to like cut my wrist and then just bleed out quickly. Oh, rather than that's rather a good than idea. Oh, and that <laughs> would wait be around such... and, uh, and 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 you know see what happens. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's really smart. <laughs> that would be such a middle finger to Max too. Be like, oh, I've set up this great contraption yeah. and it's gonna blow you up, and then you're just like, oh yeah. Well, take this, and then you just slit something, right. and you're like, haha, I'm gonna bleed out before I explode. Screw you, buddy. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I would do. And then I would throw the saw at him and hope it hit his <laughs> neck, and then we'd both be laying there and so on. Serves you right. See, <laughs> I think Max is putting so much trust in this setup that he's put in place. Mm-hmm. His death trap can be overcome by a stiff breeze. Like, if the wind kicks up a little bit, it could blow out the flame. Or if you can get your hands on a stick or something and just kind of flick the lighter far away from the gasoline Mm -hmm. like you could buy your i feel like you could buy yourself the 10 minutes that you would need to (laughs) To escape to then hack your foot off well (laughs) (laughs) well obviously at that point i'd go for the go for the handcuffs because i wouldn't have to worry about the time oh that's true yeah that's true (laughs) but i could just i could just imagine johnny trying to pull himself as far around the back of the truck as he can and then just trying to like blow out the flame mm-hmm. kind of sitting there from like five ten feet away however far just kind of <laughs> trying to get that flame to go out yeah i guess going back to what you said before about uh character shield i have no doubt that if the situations were reversed and max was the one who was handcuffed and johnny boy was like here you can cut your foot off or you can you know, uh, try to cut the the, the uh, handcuffs. Max would definitely survive it. Yeah, he would, he would do like what you said. He would hide up in the belly of the truck and and that kind of stuff, and then he would melt the handcuffs with the flames and and then so on. So uh, you have options. Yeah, I think Johnny has like the exact opposite of a of a plot shield. Like he he has yeah. a plot bullseye. Yeah. I guess that's the problem with life is you don't know whether you're Max or or or, or Johnny Boy in, yep. in real life. <laughs> Yeah. Just gotta hope that we're Max and we mm. make it through the movies. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. anyway. Yeah. So you were mentioning that this came up in Saw, uh, the movie Saw. Was there mm-hmm. were there other examples you wanted to cite? Well, I have one. I I will let you go ahead because Saw was the only one that I felt like mentioning. <laughs> oh, but were there there were other ones that you? Uh... Oh, absolutely. There's like a. It's like a list of five or six on Wikipedia. Uh, well, I was going to mention that the one I f- thought of first was uh, in the movie, in the movie, ugh, in the graphic novel Watchmen, the character Rorschach, when he uh, kind of goes mad, uh, weirdly, he does a similar thing with a guy who uh, had killed a, uh, kidnapped and killed a child. He does a similar thing, although he does it, he does oh, yeah. it to the guy's hand in, in a house filled with like a gas, you know, like the stove is leaking gas and... You know, he's like, you have basically does the same exact thing. So I'm assuming he got it from also from Mad Max. Yeah, I would think so. I completely forgot about that scene. I'm really glad you brought it up (laughs) because, yeah, it's that same exact thing. And yeah, uh, I guess with with air gas, not gasoline. But yeah. uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure in that instance, the guy who's handcuffed ends up burning just like Johnny does. Yeah. Although it is worth mentioning that. It's not 100% confirmed that Johnny dies. It's kind of left up to us as a viewer to decide if he survives or not. Because Mm -hmm. all we see, flash forwarding to Monday, is an eventual explosion. We never see if Johnny is able to get away or not. And Max just Mm kind of pulls a Bond villain and just lets circumstance decide. Except that Johnny is not James Bond, and so there's really no chance that he's going to escape. Unless he's going to show up in the next Mad Max movie as the main <laughs> scarred and disfigured villain, and he'll only have one foot too. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple of forum posts guessing who the identity of the main villain in Road Warrior is. Like there are a few people that guess that it could be someone from this movie, mm-hmm. and 
I say there's a lot of division. There are some people that really like those theories. There's other people that don't like those theories. But given that, you know, being horrifically burned would definitely give you a complex, I'd say it's not a bad idea. Certainly not. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess kind of like you said earlier in the week, I feel like the Mad Max kind of movies are all fairly self-contained. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it would seem unlikely that they would do that. But you never know. Maybe that would be the twist. Yeah. So... So Max, like I said, he walks up to Johnny, he tells him the situation, he drops the the hacksaw, and he starts just walking away. He drops the saw like you would drop a microphone to just visually add a punctuation point to the situation, and he starts walking away, and Johnny is yelling at him, you're mad, man, you think I'm, I look silly, don't you? And he's yelling all these things, and I'm like, we are so close to getting a Cinema Sins roll credits moment. <laughs> all he had to say instead of you're mad man is all you'd have to say is you are mad max because then we'd be able to say roll credits and like a minute and a half later the credits would roll it would be perfect but uh, nope close no cigar i don't know i take it as a roll credits moment <laughs> I, I take it as a moment that somebody recognizes that max has gone mad and tells him so yeah although i think johnny's the first person who's had an opportunity to tell him so everybody else that Max has come across has ended up dead or out of commission in some other way. Yeah, he's definitely adopted a run-them-over-first-asked-questions-never policy mm-hmm. in this little revenge scheme that he's had going for however long right? since he left that hospital. It, it occurs to me, this is the first time he's actually interacted with anybody since, since before Jesse's death. That we've seen. Of course, he's interacted with other people, but that we've seen he's been on his own, not talking to anybody, not being in a scene with people, mm-hmm. just running them over and shooting them. And that's very impersonal. He's very, yeah, he's very alone. Yeah. You definitely get the sense that the thing that made him human was his relationship with Goose and Jesse and his son Sprague, the people that were closest to him in life. That's what gave him his humanity. And now that they're gone, all that's left is the stone-faced badass who is going to hunt down and destroy the people that ruined his life. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah, It really hammers home why people gravitate to this movie and this character, that he is a man pushed to the edge, willing to do whatever it takes to avenge his family you know his immediate family and his extended friend family yeah so um one last thing i gotta say considering his physical condition it's quite a feat for him to have climbed up that hill yes (laughs) (laughs) we get a pretty good shot from the bottom of the hill looking up and it is very uneven and very steep Mm -hmm. so kudos to him for making it up that hill yep who knows how long it took him But he made it before the car exploded. I say, not longer than five minutes. (laughs) There's plenty of opportunity just for Johnny to haul off and throw something at him. I wonder, in his planning of the Saw situation, if he took into account how long it was going to take him to get back to his car and drive away. Hmm. If that was part of his plan. Like... I can't, you know, realizing I can't scamper up that hill, get to my car and get away within two or three minutes. I need a few minutes more. I need at least five minutes, say. Okay, five minutes is the bare minimum. So I'm going to build this thing that'll take approximately five minutes. It would be smart. I got to wonder. have to take that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. 
like do they teach that type of thing in the academy the mfp training school that may or may not exist like okay well if you need to rig up in a timed explosive this is how much a truck headlight will hold this is how much a car <laughs> headlight will hold you know i mean i would have been do. nervous i would have been nervous even lighting a lighter with all that gas like <laughs> aren't the fumes alone enough to kind of light gas on fire yeah it was a very risky maneuver yeah because yeah. you see I, the like the videos on youtube of people at gas stations where like yeah the the fumes catch on fire and then they everything like everything explodes yeah that's why wow, people you, can't smoke at the gas station anymore right you, you guys are watching much darker youtube videos than <laughs> <laughs> people light themselves on fire at gas stations uh so maybe at this point max just didn't even care he's like oh well if i die too then who ca- I, I've, I've achieved my vengeance so mm-hmm. at this point who cares you know he is literally a man with nothing left to lose mm. yep he had one he had one thing left he lost yep. everything he had one thing left was his was his vengeance and it's now complete so yeah he has he like one extra job. nothing mm-hmm to use to lose so so now that we've kind of reached the end of this minute uh alex you do a thing on the star wars minute where you ask people to rank the star wars movies in order of best to last have Mm -hmm. you had an opportunity to watch all four of the existing mad max movies uh well like i said with the original this movie particular i've i've seen i've definitely seen the other three Um, although I've not seen Road Warrior in many, many years. But um, off the top of my head, I will say um, uh, Furry Road, Road Warrior, uh, I guess the, uh, the Thunderdome, and then this one. Okay. That's fair. I think that's especially true of pretty much everybody yeah. that, that would talk about the ranking of the movies. Because Fury Road has the advantage of having a budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. You know, modern special effects. But yeah. also, when you talk about the storyline contained within Fury Road, it's definitely multi-layered and streets ahead of the other storylines that you see in the older movies. Whereas, you shift over to Road Warrior is definitely the most concise of the original trilogy. It's very simple, where Max encounters group, Max doesn't want to help group, Max eventually decides to help group, yes. and then story's over. It's very easy to digest. Thunderdome gets really political. Not so much real-world politics, but just, like, politics amongst the characters. It gets kind of complicated, but mm-hmm. it still has that visual aesthetic that the original Mad Max kind of lacks. Like, they had such a low budget that they could not go all out with the hockey pads and crossbows and things like that. Yes, this movie is simple. And I think that I think that's both a strong point and a weak point. I, I think it functions both ways. That it, it's hard to go backwards. It's hard to see the special effects and the more more interesting set pieces and costumes and whatnot back to this more everyday life that is going downhill of Mad Max. Yes. Alex, before we wrap things up for the weekend, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this week. You are the first guest that we've ever had on this podcast as we've pretty much taken care of this whole movie on our own. And it's been so nice to have you along this week to have be that extra voice and to add that extra flavor to the minute. And we, we hope that if we approach you for road warrior you'll be willing to come back oh definitely uh definitely uh you know let me know when you guys are doing it 
we kind of held off on the idea of having guests because this movie is so much more obscure than the other two. So I'm looking forward to connecting with other uh, movies by Minute Makers and guests down the road. In the meantime, where can people find more of you? Well, uh, StarWarsMinute.com. That's the daily podcast in which we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate um, Star Wars movies one minute at a time. We are in the final closing minutes of... um, Attack of the Clones, as of this recording. I don't know when uh, this will air exactly in relation to our show, but... Uh, so, yeah, and we're going to be tackling Revenge of the Sith come fall. So uh, go to StarWarsMinute.com and check us out. Definitely. If you have only ever heard Mad Max Minute and you have any sort of affinity for the Star Wars movies, you really need to go over to the Star Wars Minute because not only do you have the original trilogy, you've got Phantom Menace, you will soon have done... Attack of the Clones, you got Revenge of the Sith coming in the fall, and then with how Disney is making Star Wars movies ad infinitum, you're always going to have Star Wars Minute, right, Alex? It's never going to end. I'll be playing this part <laughs> till I'm old and gray. As Excellent. <laughs> And so, as always, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute, like us on Facebook, and join our listeners page, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 90. We will see you on Monday and have a great weekend. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end of the dream. 